Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello. And welcome to episode number 114 of the Milestone Pursuit podcast. This is the podcast that brings you a variety of things. It brings you recovery rambles where I run easy around the springtime Epping Forest as it is today. And talk about something that's on my mind. It's the podcast that brings you workouts which you can download and run along with me in your ear as if I'm there alongside you, if that's your thing. And it's the podcast that brings you conversations with the elites as part of our scheme to invest in underfunded British elite marathon runners. And today, it is Thursday, the 12th of April. It's a little sludgy underfoot, but beautiful overhead. Blue skies, an increasingly green forest emerging. Today we've got sort of none of those things. We've got a repeat, a repeat episode going back 12 months or so, a bit like the BBC in the 1980s continually rerunning shows from the 1970s. Or a bit like UK Gold rerunning Only Fools and Horses over and over and over to fill the hours of broadcasting schedules. But that's not what we're doing. We're not just filling air for the sake of it. Or maybe we are. Let's see, you can be the judge of that. We are, we're going back a year to the Boston Marathon 2022, given that it's the Boston Marathon 2023 this weekend, on Monday, Patriots Day. So we're gonna go back a year and re-listen to the thoughts of those who ran the Boston Marathon last year about how special that event is. And the Boston Marathon is special, but it felt especially special last year. I'll sort of talk about why I think that was the case. But I guess we'll find out. We'll find out this weekend whether it's because of those factors. And of course this year, we do have London back in the spring. A week on Sunday, we'll be pounding the streets of London in April like the pandemic never happened. But for now, you can sit back, relax, and listen to this one. It's a long one, but it's got some really good insights into Boston. So if you're running Boston this weekend, it's well worth a listen. If you're not and you're thinking about doing it in the future, it's well worth a listen. And if you feel like having a little kip, it's well worth a listen. So let's go back a year. For the Boston Marathon this year, back on Patriots Day, 
seems to be a bigger deal this year than it has been in recent times. Certainly seen that way back here in, in the UK. Seems to have a lot more exposure. Captured the mood a little bit, captured the imagination, I think. And I think there's a number of reasons why that's the case. I think that is the first Boston Marathon that's been held in the spring on the famous Patriots Day since 2019, so pre-pandemic. I think the fact there's no London Marathon in the spring this year means it got a bit more exposure. Perhaps a few more people from the UK entered it. And I also think the fact it was on our Easter Monday, as well as the Massachusetts Patriots Day, which meant that people weren't at work as they might sometimes be when the Boston Marathon is held on that Monday. So got a little bit of exposure. But it did seem to be something special. Like I say, captured the imagination. So today, we're going to unpick that a little bit. And we're going to do that with a series of conversations with some people that raced. And you're going to hear them in this order. We've got Nat Rowland, member of Victoria Park Harriers. We've got Charlotte Purgy, who needs no introduction. And that's perhaps another reason why it's part of our, our consciousness. Just because there's a Brit finisher in the top ten. We're going to talk to Annie Trian, long-time loyal athlete within the Marston. See that kestrel's just flying by. Oh, look at that! That is beautiful in the sunlight. And we've got Tracy Taylor, and we're going to bring James Brewster in at the end for a bit of chat. So we've got those five people bit of a long one. I tried to keep them short, but they kept rattling on about how amazing the Boston Marathon was. So get yourself some fuel, get yourself some chimney fire coffee, for whom, or with whom, this podcast is brought to you. I'm not sure that was English, but anyway. Chimney fire coffee are our fantastic sponsor, keeping my wife fueled each morning with her coffee. You can get your own. Visit their website, Chimney Fire Coffee, MP Pod 20, get a 20% discount off your first order. And remember, they're a sustainable company based in Surrey, sourcing their beans from all over the world with a transparent supply chain, investment into their producers, improving the product. They're nice people as well. And the coffee's great. Buy coffee! So, let's get into this, shall we? So the first person I'm going to introduce is Nat Rowland, who ran a PB of the Boston Marathon, 2.36. And you'll hear how he took a positive mindset into the race. Oh, he had a great experience how he controlled the controllables and nailed his second ever marathon to the point where he described it off air just before I pressed record on the old zoom call he said to be honest 
It's the best day of my life so far. So, let's hear from the man himself. I think it's true, like, certainly best running day of my life. It's, but, like, it's a really big event. And I planned it last year, sort of off the back of London. And I thought London went well. Got myself a decent time. I sort of just under 240. And I thought, why not go abroad? Chat with people around the office. And people are like, oh, you know, Boston's a really good one to go for. And then decided to sign up for it. And I've given it a fair amount of effort. And therefore, I suppose from the start of this year, serious training block in a decent group. And found myself in a position where I'm turning up on the start line at Boston and feeling like I'm probably in the shape of my life. But to sort of take it back and like to look back at the day and feel like, why best day of my life? It's just up to it. And I was in Boston from the Saturday with the race on the Monday. Uh, got there Saturday evening and then just found that, and I haven't done a lot of marathons, but found that the whole city was marathon fever. And I think it's the best thing I've ever been a part of. You know, it's very difficult when you're there about to run a marathon, trying not to get carried away with anything, trying your hardest to be as, you know, relaxed as possible. But I've never experienced something where a whole city is literally talking about a marathon, dressed in marathon kit, and all prepping themselves for a Monday where I suppose it's a public holiday in Massachusetts and it's literally the only thing that's on everyone's mind that you can't go anywhere in Boston without hearing about the marathon seeing banners about it I think you suddenly realize how special an occasion it actually is Um, and then you get to the day itself and you have a long prep for it three hours to get to the start line maybe four hours Um, bus is difficult but I quite enjoyed it a long old wait but you're on this long process to get to the start line and then getting to a start that's 26 miles away and running 26 miles to get back to where you started i.e the center of boston i thought this feels like it's going to be a lonely existence i don't know how many people i'm going to see you know running through i imagine if you did this in the uk you'd run through quite a few council estates and you'd be like no one's here it's not that pretty to look at boston new england massachusetts not the same it's the most pretty place in the world and the whole route is decked with very loud americans shouting at you with so shouting so many supportive words um and i just thought that was that was just truly amazing um and i think the fact that it's a point to point only adds to that people can only watch you once they only see people run through their area once and therefore they just get completely carried away swept up in the same fever that all the runners are experiencing themselves so I think that's the reason I said best day of my life. One, I suppose I did really well. Um, ran a 236 off a previous PB of 239. and felt like I'd achieved loads having done that. But I'll be honest, really, it's the whole, it's the whole experience. It's how special it feels within you. And I think possibly, I don't know, I may correct myself at one point in the future, but the best finish to a marathon I sort of ever experienced, you know, 600 metres, well, maybe not maybe longer than 600 meters maybe two miles of slightly downhill into the center of boston and just feeling like my word there's a lot of people here they're all watching me and actually this is so special somehow i've got to try and take this in while still trying to continue to put one foot in front of the other so um that's probably why i think best day of my life just really big experience and i did quite well as well yeah amazing so that's a great story so I, I don't really have anything to add to that because 
<laughs> the only thing I w- the other thing I was going to say was the weather was amazing too, wasn't it? So that set that kind of New England scenery off a treat. The big blue skies, sunny day, not warm, obviously it wasn't too hot. So that would have helped too. The thing that I think was particularly interesting about what you said is that the journey to the start line for you was actually part of the whole experience. Because when I did it, I found this journey to the start line horrendous. Like that's sitting on those school buses with your knees tucked up into your chest for however long it is you're on that bus and then being on the start line for ages before you're actually due off was pretty tough. I found, I found that hard, but you obviously reveled in it. I, I did. I a bit of a loser for schedule and routine. So I liked the idea that, you know, there's one thing following another and it's all set out for me and I can follow it almost on a map and it puts me in a place. But I think actually, like, I think the start time is 10 a.m. On a marathon, there's no way I'm, I'm going to wake up at five or six or whatever. And then I've got to somehow remain calm for the rest of the day and pass time and I certainly if I contrast it to London essentially I've stood in Greenwich Park for two two and a half hours and I'm literally thinking what on earth am I doing I I because I don't massively want to run before I do a marathon so I'm not that keen on a warm-up at all whereas with Boston you get to center of Boston about six drop off your kit try to get on a bus and then you're on that bus at about 6 45 so that's a 45 minute gap then it's a 45 minute trip to the start line and then it's a 45 minute 60 minute wait in the athlete's village then it's a half mile walk so that's another 20 minutes to the start line and then it's generally a pretty short sort of wait of I don't know 20 minutes half hour stood there watching elites go off um, and that's great fun to be fair actually seeing them head off and the excitement of that but I think it just allows a very for me a more steady build, build up to yeah, the yeah. race whereas yeah. otherwise I'm even with sort of anxiety and struggling, you know, to figure out what I'm doing. At least here, I know what I'm doing. And I think the best thing is, like, all I have to do is get to Boston, you know, Boston Street for 6am. Once that's done, literally, unless everything goes, you know, wrong from the sort of organiser's side, they're, they're in charge of everything for me to do after that. So yeah, yeah. just being funneled about. Yeah, that's really and, interesting. So your, your controllables are all controlled by other people. You don't need to worry mm. about anything. Whereas London, for example, you've got a bit of anxiety about getting to the start on the on public transport. Then you've yeah. got to drop your kit off half an hour before and all that sort of stuff. And it does become a little bit frenzied, doesn't it? Whereas that, the way you've just described it, is it's dead chilled because, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's all paced out for you. You don't need to worry about it. And you can focus instead on the three hours or two and a half hours in your case in front of you. Yeah, and that helps me out. And I think did have a rather overzealous bus bus driver is the only thing I will say. I nearly crashed on the way there. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but I, bus rides go, it's beautiful. Like, <laughs> countryside is amazing. And um, I just thought, I can't wait to run through all of this. It looks beautiful. And I just, I mean, it did help, as you said, lovely day for it, sort of mm. low temp, but like just clear sky. But I think it was just setting up because I've not been to Massachusetts, but I've not been to Boston before. And I was just thinking, ah, oh, I can see why people love this and I can't wait to get going. Amazing. And then the race itself, you obviously ran really well, 234, 236 off of 2.39 PB. Knowing you a little bit as an athlete, I'd say there's quite a lot more in that marathon tank to come based on some of your shorter distance times. But Boston's not a quick course, is it? No, it's not. Um, it'll be interesting to see on a flat course what I'll do and I guess I guess that's the point you're getting at it's not a flat course mm. um but 
And it's been helpful. It was certainly helpful talking to you beforehand, I must admit, knowing that prep yourself for a bumpy course. And I think that's the better word rather than hilly is just bumpy. And I think, therefore, it does make it very difficult to get a quick time. Um, although that being said, I think if you go into it prepped knowing what's coming, I think you can do really well. I think that's how I felt. Um, as I said, it'll be interesting to see what or how much I can potentially improve if I'm on a flat course. But to be honest, I felt like I I ran it really well. And I'm not one that generally likes hills, but I ended up really enjoying those rolling hills sort of in and around Newton. I, but that comes down to prep. Knowing it's coming, you run or you should run sort of the first half, first 16 miles of your race with that, you know, knowledge that <laughs> I'm going to go through a lot of pain. Yeah. But I ended up finding that the hills were very manageable as a result. And that all comes to sort of maybe running within yourself right at the start. And I think I got one, I got one really good bit of insight, which is a rarity, like on the way to the start line, because usually you're getting all kinds of garbage from every hmm. other runner around you. Um, but Boston's really cool in the sense that they stagger everyone on their number, literally on exactly the time you qualified by. So you can gauge exactly where you're meant to be starting. And then the guy next to me just said, if you run past anyone in the first five miles, you've gone wrong because you're starting with everyone around your pace. If you're running consistently past people, I mean, he was like running past anyone. You're never going to finish well. You've essentially got carried away. And sort of having that in the back of, the mar- back of my mind for the first five miles, I think probably saved my race and helped me to actually finish really well because it therefore means that you're chasing people from five miles onwards and you end up in a pack of people that are running, you know, aiming for the exact same as you. And you can feel confident that actually I'm running at the pace I should be. And yeah, let's get carried away with it and really enjoy sort of the next 10 miles, which actually between five and 15 are so enjoyable. I'll take that advice to me going forward completely, to be honest. So I can get myself with the right people at the start, make sure I don't get carried away because yeah, yeah, really yeah I, I, I really like that. I'm going to steal that piece of insight because that, <laughs> that I think is a really useful way of looking at, particularly if Boston ranks people based on their qualifying time. I guess the only thing is if you're in much better shape than you qualified in, you might find yourself slightly further back. But actually, I think in Boston, that's fine because it's the first 5K super fast downhill. If you went too fast, get carried away, you end up with your quads all over the place and the rest of it becomes a real battle if you've gone off too fast. So I think that's... Uh, that's a very smart piece of insight you picked up along the way there that I'm going to add to the collection. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you get all kinds of rubbish leading up to any kind of race you do normally. But that one was, yeah, that stuck with me. And I just thought it was literally going through my mind for those sort of first five miles is, yeah, bank this, don't get carried away. And then I think once you're in that groove, and I think for me, it takes about five miles in sort of a marathon, then just get into that pace that you're really comfortable with and just, you know, knock out the next 10 miles as comfortably as you can. And I think that's such... When you know that, it led to me just feeling, you know, excellent for those 10 miles. I had time in my life, as I said, running through some really exciting parts of the Boston Marathon. So, yeah, I'll keep that. And very good advice to Boston is all I'd say. Um, I'd keep that for anyone. Yeah, cool. Brilliant. Well, thank you. I think you've, you've told us loads about Boston that's going to be really useful and also backs up some things that other people are going to be saying or have already said, depending on where, where I place you in the podcast. <laughs> um, we'll, uh, we'll leave it there. Thanks, Nat. Well, there you go. A memorable day for Nat. And he's got a bunch of memories that will now never leave him. The day of glory in Boston.
and the same is true of our next guest, which is Charlotte. Charlotte Purdue, our elite athlete, who had a fantastic race, 2.25 around the hills of Boston. And it wasn't easy, as you'll come on to hear. She was ninth in the race, first non-African, beat all the North Americans. She'll talk about how, the, how tough the course is, and she'll also talk about her celebrity status. Let's hear what she's got to say. Charlotte, just tell me about your race experience. You obviously had a brilliant race, finishing ninth, but let's go into a little bit more depth about how the race unfolded for you. Yeah, um, so the race was, yeah, very interesting. Um, Obviously no pacemakers, so that made it more like a championship-style race. So I wasn't going for a time or anything. I was just trying to finish as high up as I could. Um, And when the race started, uh, everyone went off together, obviously. And then, but we didn't like surge at all. It was all like a massive group. So all the elite women ran together for at least the first 5K. And it was pretty slow, actually. Mm. Uh, Obviously, it's downhill. The first, at least the first 5K is completely like downhill. So I wasn't going to go off too hard anyway. But we were literally jogging like so slow. It was almost that uncomfortable to run that slow. Hmm. Um, It was it was 1740 or something for the first yeah it was so slow yeah and I was like (laughs) this is just like (laughs) it's slow for me yeah especially downhill as well yeah yeah, yeah. not expecting to run like that slow anyway and then literally we got to 5k and um got our drinks our first drinks and then uh, one of the Africans I don't know who it was um like sprinted off and everyone like all the Africans tried to go with her and it was, I think they dropped like a 458 mile. Um, and so it was that just everyone was spread out completely after that. Cause like that was a massive surge and I was not ready for it. I don't think anyone was, it was kind of shock. It was like a massive shock, like just at 5k she sprinted off and then it had to make a decision. Like, do I go with them or do I stay back? And I just thought in the moment I'm going to try and go, but there was already a gap by the time I decided this. So then I I spent like the next at least 5k trying to get back onto the group. Um, and my second 5k was actually my fastest, which was 1619, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, that's pretty fast. Uh, anyway, even if I wasn't running a marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, my legs are pretty tired after that. Um, and actually, I didn't even get onto the, the group by that point, even that 1619 wasn't enough to get onto the group. So then the group were ahead slightly by like 50 meters and then it was me and Molly Seidel um who's obviously like Olympic bronze medalist so I knew that like she's very good athlete and I would just try to run with her then and we would maybe work our way back onto the group um and so I ran with her until we got to 12 miles and it was just me and her that we could see the group up ahead but we weren't really catching them at all we were just keeping the same gap um and then at 12 miles I actually overtook her because she was slowing down a bit um and then after that um she actually dropped out um and then I was running just completely alone um the Africans were slowly getting further and further ahead of me um and then yeah I just ran by myself until um I got to like mile 25 and I saw one of the Ethiopians ahead um and I actually went past her at mile 25 um and then she sprinted past me with 50 meters to go (laughs) no way I didn't know that yeah, but I actually I looked her up afterwards to see who like what she, who she was and stuff, 
and she actually finished second in the London Marathon in 2021 the one which I did um and she ran 217 there um so she's obviously a really good athlete so I was like well you know I almost got her but yeah. so um but- yeah she sprinted past me with 50 meters to go which was yeah a bit gutting because I thought I had her but um yeah the course was like obviously really challenging um as well so I was proud of how I was able to keep my position and I d- obviously did slow down you can see from my splits but obviously no one went past me so everyone slowed down um so yeah I think like it obviously was annoying to have to run pretty much the whole of Boston Marathon alone <laughs> um yeah but the crowds were really good and that obviously helped and um yeah the course was definitely a challenging course like the hardest course I've ever done um just because like you said earlier there's no there was no flat point so you can't in London I like to get in a rhythm and I like even splits and I like to obviously negative split most of my marathons but there was no chance of that at Boston and there's no chance to get in a rhythm and you're either running uphill or downhill and when you're running downhill you can't even get in a rhythm because you can see the hill up ahead so you're like preparing for the next hill so it was kind of it was really up and down but um yeah I think it was a good experience definitely to do one of those races but definitely the hardest marathon that I've ever run. (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why it's such a brilliant performance, because it's only, let's say, only two minutes outside your your personal best, 2.25.26. And yet the course is challenging. And I've said it before that the course profile, when you look at it on the Internet, it's misleading because it shows that it's downhill, net net downhill. uh, And the little undulations don't really show up. So there's a few spikes. Everyone talks about the Newton Hills and obviously Heartbreak Hill at 20 miles but none of them are difficult in their own right. And if you ran, if you came across them on a normal run, you'd be like, well, this is nothing, not a big problem, (laughs) but it's the aggregation of all of them that starts to hurt you. And Heartbreak Hill comes at the very end or 20 miles. It comes at the end of the hill. So you're, you're not ready for it or your body's kind of had enough of hills. Basically your quads are a bit smashed from the downs uh, and everything's a bit hard going up as well. So to get through it and to run that fast and to hold your pace pretty much is amazing. I wonder what impact the, slow first 5k actually had in a positive way yeah I don't know really because I kind of felt like I hadn't even start that was just like a warm-up and <laughs> yeah I felt like the race started at 5k and that I've completely forgot about that first 5k but obviously that would have made my overall t- time slower but I don't know I obviously prefer an even pace so that second 5k really did take it out of me I actually I took on way more gels than I ever have before in any other race and I got to 12 miles and I was actually worried that I wasn't going to make it because I felt so tired. I usually get to halfway and I feel pretty good. And I'm like, okay, I've only got a half marathon now. I can either pick it up or at least maintain my pace. Whereas I honestly got to 12 miles and I was like, I am stuffed. Like my legs are so, I was so tired and I never take caffeine at halfway, but I took caffeine at halfway and I took three extra gels in that race because that's how tired I was like, and I think it was just from that surge, like, like mm. I said, I like an even pace and that kind of race was, yeah, really challenging because yeah, obviously the hills take it out of you more anyway, but the effort that I put in, I feel like was 10 times more than London marathon last year. Like if I look back to London when I ran 223, like that was kind of easy compared to Boston and yeah. I ran 225 just based on the way that I ran it and stuff. Um, so I think, yeah, looking back, it definitely took a lot more out of me than London did. But that's just the nature of the course and the way that I ran it as well. 
Yeah, exactly. So there's that, that surging nature. So you're running some bits quicker, some bits slower. You're accessing different parts of the system. So it's become becomes harder. But I will remind you when when you talk about London being easy. I know you, you're, you're being flippant, but that, remember London. We spoke about that. And the last, your last five k in London was tough. You know, you were struggling yeah. to hold on to your pace. It's just maybe this time it's the last twenty k rather than the last five k. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like now I'm never going to complain about London having any hills or anything ever again. I honestly think like this changed my mindset completely of like a hard course. I think when I go to London now and I see those little inclines where you run over the bridge, I'm like, that's nothing. Right. This is honestly like it's going to feel so good going to a flat marathon because, yeah, Boston was really hard. The course, definitely. Yeah. Which makes the the performance all the more impressive. But let's Let's not worry too much about that because you know that already you've had all the glory that's come with come with that, and quite rightly so. So you know, first non-African beat all the America, all the North Americans who you know, in theory, they know the course better. I don't suppose many of them had run it before either. But you know, you've nailed a, in my mind anyway, you've nailed a really tough marathon, a big major, top ten in a major. You know, it's a great run. But also, let's talk about Boston being different so it's you know not not just the course the course is a factor in that it's in in the sense it's point to point it's hilly but what in your mind makes Boston a different experience from other marathons you've run um yeah I found like the whole weekend really there was such a buzz around the city and um being there for the weekend obviously they have like a 5k race on the Saturday which a lot of the um mass runners do and the expo is right by like in the city as well um so everyone's like around collecting their numbers like literally if we went outside our hotel you would see runners like everywhere um so I felt like there was a massive buzz around it and obviously the race being on Patriots Day on the Monday I didn't actually realize that Patriots Day was only for Boston so like no other city in the U.S. has Patriots Day as a holiday like everyone's at work but if you live in Boston you get it off work so Mm. it makes like everyone go out and watch the race so I felt like it was just yeah like a massive party for everyone even if you weren't running um which made it feel yeah really exciting because it was just something really good to be part of um yeah it was it was really cool actually just the buzz around the whole race yeah that's a really good point about being Patriots Day and the the the, obviously the public holiday is it creates a sense of occasion for everybody so it's sort of it's like like you say it's their big party and the other thing that I always say to other people is that everyone who's earned the right to be there as a qualifier, which is another factor in why Boston's an amazing experience, is there for a party too. So the runners are there for a party, not in you know the literal sense, but in the sort of celebratory sense. And the people of Boston are there for a party as well. So it just it all comes together for everyone to have a, a bit of a spectacular event. Yeah. And even like the day after the race, everyone's like walking around wearing their medals and like on the plane on the way home like there were people on the plane like that wore their medal the whole time Hmm. and it was just like crazy like there's so much yeah like pride around running the Boston Marathon I'm not saying there isn't around London or anything but I feel like a few things about London is obviously the expo's far away from the city um which is one thing so like when you get if you get your number at the expo you're not like in the city of London so you then you go home or whatever whereas in Boston it was like the expo was right there by the finish line and then, yeah, obviously everyone gets it off work. So everyone's coming to cheer. Whereas I feel like in London, it's like an inconvenience on a Sunday morning that the roads are shut. And like, obviously people do come out and cheer and it's like a massive crowd and it's amazing. But then afterwards, everyone's just back to business, like work on Monday. Whereas for Boston, it was like the whole day was off. And then 
a massive party and it was just like more of a yeah like you said a celebration than any other race that I've ever done and you've raced in Japan as well does it compare how does it compare to race marathons in Japan yeah Japan's cool too because obviously they have a massive like running culture and it's like one of their main sports but again it's like didn't really compare because yeah I don't know this the whole the whole weekend about was about Boston Marathon whereas when I go to Japan it's the same as London really it's just a race it's not just a race but it's you do the race it's a good time when you're racing and the crowds are good but then as soon as the race is over it's done yeah. whereas like I said before Boston there was like the three days leading up where there was stuff going on and then the race and then afterwards so yeah it was more like a extended celebration yeah yeah like a Christmas yeah it literally did feel like that <laughs> yeah and as an elite athlete did you find yourself having to not get carried away with that or did you just go for it anyway and just embrace it and enjoy it um so I kind of embraced it a little bit but obviously I didn't want to tire myself out but everything was so close to our hotel I literally came out the door of our hotel and the expo was right there so it wasn't like a massive effort to go to the expo or to walk around Mm. um and then at least after the race we had like the whole day um to enjoy the celebrations and literally everywhere you went even if you went to the supermarket like people were running Boston Marathon there were signs up everywhere like Boston Marathon uh, finishers get free drink or something so it was just uh yeah it was you couldn't really escape it unless I literally locked myself in my room but I wasn't gonna do that yeah um so yeah no uh definitely embraced it a bit um Adam was with me as well he was meant to run the 5k on Saturday but he actually pulled out of that in the end um just because he had a little niggle but obviously I was going to watch that so that was kind of um going to be exciting I did watch it anyway but that was exciting to watch um mm. as well um, mm. the elite races and obviously there's mass race as well but even like um doing shakeout runs um in the days leading up to the marathon like you'd run along the river and people there was just people everywhere and like they're all um yeah like getting ready for the race or people would recognize me running and they would ask for a photo Mm. um so yeah that was cool as well yeah whereas in London you go for a run the day before and no one's no one (laughs) you know you're trying to avoid traffic and people and all that sort of stuff and no one cares and the dog walkers are moaning at you for getting in their way yeah literally yeah yeah Yeah. that's amazing to say you're like living the celebrity lifestyle for a couple of days yeah honestly it did feel like a little bit of a celebrity it was weird being in Boston and like getting recognized by people but there was so many British athletes there as well yeah. Um, and I was putting all my runs on Strava before the race um, just because I felt like it really and people were like commenting on my Strava saying like will you be running at this time tomorrow I'm going to come down and see if I can see you and I was like oh my god <laughs> um, so yeah that was cool getting stalked on Strava <laughs> yeah literally just for the few days to the race um, but yeah we we also had a lot of athletes um, that me and Adam coached there so it was cool to see them um, as well it was just like a massive vibe really of like yeah loads of people and then like I said on the flight on the way home it was packed and loads of people wearing their like celebration jackets I was actually wearing my jacket as well and like I was getting stopped by people like can I have a photo and it was just really cool <laughs> yeah that's brilliant isn't it and you've earned that I think partly you know through the efforts over time but also putting yourself out there I mean it's not an easy race for an elite athlete to run and also the timing's not amazingly ideal because you've got summer championship races to have. So to actually put yourself out there and do it and do well, I think it's brilliant. And you, you deserve everything that you get as a consequence of that thing from the, from a glory perspective. Thanks. Um, as long, as long as it doesn't become too much. No. 
that's the challenge. So, of course, Boston for you was uh, leading up to Eugene in the World Championship. So, it's, it, it, can you can you describe a marathon as a tune-up race? Or, I don't know, but it, anyway, you've run it and you're fit and you're obviously strong and healthy. So, it's now a question of keeping fit and strong and healthy for Eugene in a couple of months now. Yeah, there's actually not that long to go till mm. the World Champs. Um, but obviously, when I did London in October, that was like my first marathon in a year and a half. So that was kind of like, I didn't know how it was going to go. Obviously, I knew training was going well, but I hadn't run one for so long. And then after London, I literally didn't take hardly any time off. I got back into training slowly, but then um, marathon training again and had a massive base for this, um, for Boston. Um, and so now I feel kind of in a place where like I've done so much long stuff and I've done two marathons pretty much back to back. So I do feel in a pretty good place as in I don't, feel like I need to do that much long stuff now um I feel like as Nick says my coach just like topping up the tank um almost just doing like 10k half marathon training um because I feel if I do too much like marathon training now it'll be I'll just get slower or it will um yeah yeah I've done so much marathon training now without a break that I'm just going to be yeah like kind of getting my legs back and doing shorter stuff leading into the world champ so it's kind of nice to have such a big base behind me now um two good marathons that yeah feel in a pretty good place yeah so that's not going to leave you is it so you've got that that, no. base, that base is there the risk if you overdo it is burnout or injury so yeah. now now just sharpen those legs up get a bit quicker exactly it's actually nice to have such a good base and not have to touch like cram in long runs like I don't have to mm. worry like have I done enough long runs because I feel like I could run a marathon any day um and I would be able to complete the distance no problem whereas before London last year I was like Oh, have I done enough long runs? Because I hadn't run a marathon for so long. I was like, will I make the distance? Whereas now I know I'm going to make the distance. So I just need to make sure I'm fresh and feeling good for the race and obviously keeping fit. So just like ticking along and yeah, trying not to get injured um, is the main aim. <laughs> great. Well, well done. You've done brilliantly in Boston. It's a great result. And it's also really good to hear the other side of it, which is the sort of the way that Boston impacts upon you as an athlete, not just the performance side of it, the way that you are, as a runner, it's a big event that's central to your world. And good luck with the training from here on in. Thanks very and, much. And obviously good luck in Eugene. Thanks. Fantastic. What a, what a performance and what a setup for Charlotte going into Eugene. And Boston brought the superstar out in her. Superhero. Being a superhero. And talking to superheroes, that's the theme in the next conversation as well. This time with Annie Trian. How Boston makes you feel special. Annie ran 3.39. Even splits. Pretty much within half a minute or so. And she talks about the importance of pacing and enjoying the race and enjoying the celebration that is the Boston Marathon. Let's hear from Annie. So Annie, just tell me about your race experience in Boston. How did it, how did it go for you? Um, yeah. So in a word, it was a really good experience. I think, it, you know, in many ways, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, you just have this kind of buildup of, of the day that, you know, it's, it's iconic. It's, it's a major, it's, it's overseas. It's this old, uh, oldest marathon um, ever. But I think the way I tried to approach it is it's, it's still a marathon. It's still uh, 42 K and actually a pretty challenging race at that. So 
uh, from the get-go, I tried to really not not to kind of let the the atmosphere and the the occasion overwhelm me. And the advice I think from Steve and from everyone who'd done it was don't start off too fast. If this is one race where you cannot get the pacing wrong, um, it's this because it's a massive downhill. So anyway, um, so I started really conservatively. I actually ran with um, an older gentleman that I met in the bathroom queue from Manchester. He was like 70, I think. Um, it was really nice. We ran together for the first probably about 15K. And then uh, there was water like, you know, every every mile. Uh, so I was, uh, because it was sunny, I kind of wanted to make sure I kept that topped up, but um, I had to eventually peel off <laughs> <laughs> to use the restroom so you did too much. exactly a bit, a bit too much hydration so anyway then I lost Peter I uh, never saw him again uh, but it was um, it was really good because we really kept each other honest a lot of people zoomed off but we just kept trucking and then when you get to when you, you know when you're hitting your splits and you're feeling good in a marathon especially something like that where you know it's hard it's it's just such a virtuous circle and then when you get to to things like Newton Hills and Heartbreak Hill it is hard, but you're like, I've got this far and I didn't blow up and I'm not going to it, like it, it just felt so good to have a controlled race, especially in a race where the, the second half, I, I think, is, is a lot harder than the first, uh, partially because of the profile, but partially because like your legs are pretty destroyed already from the, um, half. From the first half. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So uh, so pacing wise, like it was I think it went really well. Um, I, I didn't run a PB, but I didn't set off for one. But I, I ran, you know, with about within a, like 12 minutes of my PB, which was really good. But I think that that wasn't really the aim for me. Like it was it was always going to be a bit of a victory lap, sort of a sense of achievement. Like it's such a big deal to be here, especially sort of with a running journey that I've had. Like when I first started running, Boston wasn't even on my radar, like to any extent. So the fact that I was there, you know, that I earned a qualifying place like meant so much that I, I was just really determined to enjoy it. And I definitely felt like I did that. Mm. And that's a big part of Boston, isn't it? The sense that there's a whole weekend because the race being on Monday means that, you know, Saturday, Sunday, the whole weekend ladders up to a sense of excitement. But everybody's earned their right to be there, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think like, I've, I've never seen anything like it. And you know, I'm, I'm from the US, although I got into running kind of really when, when I lived more when I lived in the UK. Even compared to other majors like um, that I've done, just the the atmosphere, the sort of festival party feel um, that you've got in in downtown Boston all weekend, like you said, Monday's a bank holiday for them. Everyone's wearing the jacket. Everyone's getting the merch. All the shops are having, you know, shakeouts and giveaways and everything. And, you know, everyone talks to you also like everywhere on the metro. It doesn't matter. Oh, you're here for the marathon. That's amazing. Like you know, it does, doesn't matter. Just everyone strikes up a conversation. People are so friendly and you just, you feel really welcome. Like, mm. um, yeah, it's, it, it, I think it just adds to the whole experience. Like yes, you're there to run and it's, it's this great event. And, but I mean, Boston just, just takes it to another level. I think that the people of Boston. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's like you, you're operating like a superhero all weekend, don't you? You're kind of, <laughs> yeah, like, and, there's so, Definitely. And, there's, and there's like, however many, thousand superheroes all over the place as well absolutely yeah if you you if you've got any um any merchandise on like i actually didn't buy a jacket personally but i had a bobble hat from the virtual boston uh you, you know you put that on and yeah it just singles you out amongst uh you know all these thousands of other people and you know you're just instant friends uh everyone kind of bonds and i think again it's an american thing to some degree because 
people do just strike up conversations a lot more readily you know just ask you all kinds of questions really <laughs> yeah yeah which is funny because for, for a normal brit we're, we're kind of a bit reserved we don't like that we don't like people kind of yeah. bothering us when we're at where yeah. we've got a race to run this in it because it can be like you said earlier it can be a bit overwhelming and daunting but equally you can really feed off it can't you yeah I, I i think you can exactly it just depends on i suppose what what mood you're in what what your personality is um but if you go somewhere like boston i think i would just say try your best to to embrace it because as you say you do feed off of it it's it's all part of the enjoyment and kind of making your day so much kind of more next level really mm-hmm. and during the race do you, how does it compare to say london on the course now so when you're out and about is it my recollection of doing it is it's, which is a bit hazy because it's another brilliant race, but it's, there's a series of small towns on the way to Boston and each town has its own party and does something different. So it's yep. not quite wall to wall all the way, but pretty much it's, it's pretty close to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's right. Um, yeah. Well, what I really loved about it, it is point to point. You get to see so much of um, sort of rural Massachusetts, like some of the towns are really tiny. Um, some of them are a bit bigger, but you, yeah, people are out. Um, it's, it's a bank holiday for them. People are drinking, um, you know, kids are out of school. Um, and it is, it is pretty constant. Like I don't really remember too many stretches where there weren't people, people have got flags, people have got like all kinds of posters. I think Americans really go over the top with posters as well. Uh, just kind of funny sayings. There was like a Will Smith poster that everyone was encouraged mm-hmm. to slap. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. This, the support was really good. You know, there's so many kind of unofficial food stations where people are giving you water, giving you um, ice lollies. I, I think everyone just is like, wants to be a part of it. And it was also quite cool because this year was the 50th anniversary that um, women were um, legally allowed to, to run, yeah. um, which is pretty wild because that's not very long ago mm. um, at all. And actually from what I saw in, in the kind of the comms and stuff, one of these women actually ran um, this year. Yeah, There were eight, eight women um, that first year and one of them did run this year, which is pretty cool. Um, but it just, you know, so someone else gave me a statistic that apparently the field was actually, I think, about 56 percent women this wow. year, Yeah. Um, which was really neat. And maybe it was where I was in the in the field and in the seating. But uh, around me, there were certainly loads and loads and loads of women. Yeah. Um, that was pretty cool. That is pretty cool, isn't it? So you get to uh, you get through the race and you had a you had a good experience. So what what made the experience so good for you? What was the key thing that you would say was so special? I think, I think just for me, like what always makes a marathon feel good and, and feel like a success is finishing strong, feeling like I, I didn't fall apart because when you do, and I've certainly had <laughs> plenty of marathons where I have, I just simply don't remember, like, let's say the last 10K or something like that. Whereas I can honestly say, and you know, the memory gets hazier as, as you get farther away from the day. But I can honestly say I remember most towns. I remember most of the scenery, even when you get into Boston. Once you pass Heartbreak Hill, there's a few parts like the Sitgo sign and stuff. Like it's not particularly scenic, but you know that you've got less than 10K to go. There's people everywhere. Uh, it's downhill again, which helps kind of aerobically. So I think just having a really like solid, clear memory of, of what I've built up in my mind as this awesome race and having it live up to that, I think that was a, that that that's the success for me. The thing that contributed to that was was training, but also just again like good pacing 
and just making sure that you respect you respect the race and you respect the course because it's it's not like London at all. In fact, like I, I've heard it said that you know you can't count world records and stuff on that course. I think to be honest, if someone can set a world record on that course, they can have it because I think it's a million <laughs> yeah. a, a million times harder than well, there's a flat um, course. So, so well, historically there have been some fast times run, but with the following wind. So if the wind blows in the right direction uh, okay. and it's net downhill, it can be really fast. But okay, yeah, that's fair, fair enough. Yeah, but it, but it still hurts, right? Because you've got the downs, yeah. and that's the key thing. It's not the uphills that necessarily hurt you; it's the downs, isn't it? De- definitely, yeah. Like when you get to High Great Hill, you know it is a hill, but it's not. It's not anything really in and of itself. It's just the fact that you're you're so destroyed um, mm. after twenty miles of downs that yeah, it's it is quite hard. But yeah, so so what made it a success? I think just just a strong run where I can I can look back and be like, yeah, this was a fantastic experience. Um, I have nothing but but good memories of it. I would one hundred percent come back. And the pacing bit is absolutely critical in any marathon. We we always talk about that, but in Boston in particular, because it's so easy to get carried away early on down the hill and to run too fast over the hills that leaves you with nothing towards the end because there isn't much you can prepare for it. I think people. I think people, you look at profile map and it doesn't look that hilly when you look at a profile map. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it, it's got, it undulates the whole way, doesn't it, pretty much, until yeah. Heartbreak Hill is like up or down almost constantly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, there's there's very little that's uh, that's actually flat. And I think, you know, spot on, like you need to get your pacing right. And also to the extent that you can, you know, it's a bit tricky where we live in East London, for example, but the more you can just have like rolling hills for your long runs, mm. you know, th- the better because you just need that sensation of, of just kind of trashed quads basically uh, at about mile 20 uh, to, to, to prepare you for that. And it's very easy to set off too fast. As you say, it's a big drop. You know, the hype is there. The momentum is there. Everyone's like, you know, adrenaline through the roof. Yeah. So you just really got to like rein it in. Find find someone old and sensible that will, <laughs> will keep you in check. What was his name? Peter from Manchester. Peter. Yeah. Peter from yeah. Manchester. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Let's um, look Peter from Manchester up and get him to run with everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Had he run it before? Did he, did he um, I think he, yeah, he had done it before. Yeah. And actually he, he'd done Manchester only what, like two or three weeks prior. Right, yeah, cool. um, so it was pretty good going. Um, so I, I think he, he struggled a bit from uh, in the end from what I, um, from what I could tell, but I think it was still a really strong run considering, you know, he probably wasn't fully recovered. Hmm. And did you run even splits? I ran very close to even splits. I did have a positive split, but it was about 25 seconds. Yeah. Um, so on a course, yeah, pretty, pretty even. So yeah, pretty proud of that, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely something for you to take away, I think, is the sense that you held back, you managed yourself really well across a difficult course and probably ran it better than the majority of people who, who ran it. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the stats are like, but my guess is the positive splits win by some margin. And so to run even splits, enjoy the experience, finish strong. Amazing. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like, honestly, I I couldn't have asked for much more. And like you said um, early on, it was a beautiful day. It was cold, but sunny. You know, there was a bit of a headwind at parts, but it was really nothing like it was it was a pretty perfect day. So, yeah, couldn't couldn't have asked for much more, really. So that really was all about setting yourself up to have an enjoyable experience marathon is hard but it can still be enjoyable and it can provide amazing experiences ones that never leave you 
and she talked a lot there about enjoying the atmosphere enjoying the hype and in our next conversation with Tracy Tracy Taylor who ran 4.15 or so an experienced marathoner a veteran of the circuit in a good way she talks about the hype in a slightly different way and how it might be a little overwhelming certainly if you're not prepared for it and how she won't be returning controversial now a little health warning literally on this one is that Tracy works at the NHS and I think she had the window open by the ambulance bay because there's quite a lot of loud sirenage going off in the middle of this one adds to the adds to the experience let's listen to Tracy okay so Tracy tell me about your race experience in Boston yeah so um the actual race itself on race day I was really pleased with the whole experience I loved it except for maybe when you're sitting on the coach and kind of realizing I've never done a point-to-point marathon before and when you get on the coaches I was thinking, oh, yeah, it'd be about half an hour. And it was about an hour and a half. Yeah, it's a long way, isn't it? And it's just going and it's motoring and you're thinking, oh, my God, I've got to run this back. (laughs) (laughs) It just seemed to go on and on and on. And and so it daunted me a little bit. And it meant that I arrived there and more or less set off when I got there, which I liked. I don't like hanging around. It was a beautiful day, which was kind of unexpected. And some things about that, like I I was completely prepared. I always run in vest and shorts. And the day before, I'd been hearing all these people, they were kind of spooking me a bit, talking about whether they'd wear base layers or not, and long trousers. And and I was thinking, oh, you know, it might be really cold, because it was actually cold and windy the day before. Mm. And it was absolutely perfect setting. And the race itself, I can say, now, I can say, I really loved it. It felt great to be running along. but my pacing and stuff like that was just all over the shop and really I was just I had my new shoes on and I trusted in those and I just my strategy really was to run as fast as you can when you can try not to walk at all even on the hills watch out for those hills save some save something for them um and don't stop and I, I kind of, I did stick to that actually. I didn't stop at all, okay. other than scheduled drink stop to mix my drink up and get going again. Yeah. And um, I was pleased with that, and I really liked the whole, the whole atmosphere was great. Yeah, it's, it was a really unique. I mean, you're running through strange parts of America, really, <laughs> and seeing strange things. You know, big Trump flags and. There are all sorts of unusual things that, that can keep you occupied. And and I can honestly say for the first 15 miles, the miles were just tick, tick, tick. Oh, yeah, you're 15 miles. And I knew 15 miles is when the hills come. But there have been hills 
what surprised me was it was just tells all the way through. Yeah, I don't yeah, even yeah. know why they say 15 to 21, because you finish 21 and then you can see another hill coming up and, <laughs> and it's like that to the end. Yeah, that's a regular theme. So with all the people I've spoken to about it and including my own experience of it is you look at the profile map and it looks like it's net downhill and it's all right and there's a few spikes, Newton Hills, Heartbreak Hill. But the reality is it's, it's hilly the whole way, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. And, and definitely that downhill... I love downhills, but that was really hard. And, you know, I'd got holes in my socks. So some, you know, there was something unusual about the running downhill mm. that, um, and people were saying they'd lost their toenails and things. But yeah. Yeah. The foot moves forward in the shoe and bashes the front of the shoe. Yes. And obviously yes. the, the running style changes. Did you get blisters as well as the holes in the socks? No, no, just holes oh. in my socks, which I just thought, oh, that's weird. That is um, weird. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought the, the race itself was great and we couldn't have better conditions. I really loved it in a funny sort of way. I lost my good for age there, which um, I knew that I was going to do that anyway. But, you know, it's a, that was a little gutting in a way. But I honestly feel on the day I did the best that I could do and I enjoyed it. So that you have to take that from it, really, don't you? Yeah. And obviously you'd run fast enough to qualify in the first place. Yes. Yes. So, you know, there's that validation of being there is a sort of a success in its own right, isn't it? Because you have to qualify. Yes. yes. Yeah. So that that's really good for me. So what's, what in your mind sets it apart from London, let's say, or other marathons? Because you've obviously run quite a few marathons all over the place. What 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 sets it apart? Um, to me, it's the hype. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty crazy over there. Not I mean London's not like that. No. The people are crazy. The American people are completely crazy. And they just in the hotel and everything, everybody's all hyped up and they're buying loads and loads of every Boston thing that you can buy and you go to the expo and they're selling out of this and but oh I've got this and everybody's walking <laughs> around in their jackets and it's just crazy. Um, and the, and the Boston natives too. They seem to be as crazy as, as about it as well. And everybody's wearing them. It's just it's a different level of heightness to any of the other city. You you know, um, even the American cities, New York, Chicago. It's not like that. It's just a race that's going on in town. And yeah, yeah oh yeah, you're here for the race. Whereas in Boston, it's like the big main deal and oh people say oh congratulations oh well done and they beat their horn at you as you're walking back to the hotel and it's just yeah it's a, it's a real level of craziness and yeah. you've done it 10 times 20 times how many times have you oh your first time wow wow you've got a big <laughs> thing coming you'll be back and I'm thinking nope <laughs> <laughs> will you be back do you want to do you want to go back and do it again no no, no I've done it you're done I don't want to do it again Moving I don't on. want to catch it that day when it's a blizzard or when uh when it was the day before and it's windy and rainy no I've done it in good conditions it was a great race which is that's quite strange because other ones like Chicago I'd I definitely would um, really yeah, you'd go, go back, back to there, Chicago. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting because I wouldn't. I've done both Boston and Chicago and I'd rather do Boston again than Chicago. But that's partly because I didn't run very well in Boston. So I'd like to, I, I owe it one. Whereas, oh yeah, I heard that was the one where you, you, were, you were ill too, weren't you? No, I wasn't ill. I, um, uh, I was just struggling that weekend. Yeah. I just found it hard. I found the hype hard, to be honest. Yeah. And, and I was on my own. And, um, and then once we got there, it, it was one of those weird 
a bit like in this year, it was, it was great conditions on the day, wasn't it, for you? But it was bad yes. conditions the day before and the day after. Yes. And when yes. I did it, it was the, op- the other way around. It was great conditions the day before and the day after. And on the day, it was really hot. Mm. Um, it's really freakly hot and I struggled and I also didn't heed any of my own advice of running slowly for the first through the hills to start with I went yes. way, way too fast down the hills and got my quads all mashed up and struggled anyway yes so I owe Boston one but that's uh, that's what, maybe why I also find the, the whole Boston experience quite intriguing this year because you know, there's for me personally there's a sense of unfinished business and also getting other people to understand what Boston is like because people don't necessarily I think everyone thinks of it as just another major it's a flat road race with a mm. bit of downhill but it's not like you say no. the, the hype is completely different and the course yes. is different yeah definitely yeah and that variation in the weather is you know that's interesting yeah. too isn't it because I know other people who were there in the blizzards and I know mm. you know just all sorts of conditions and you know I've got sunburn I've got big marks mm. where my vest was um and, and it was a beautiful day if there was one thing you could say to someone going to run Boston in the future what would you say to them I'd say make sure you go there early enough to actually um relax and be rested and refreshed um and and try to avoid all the hype really just try to keep to your because it's a you can get some amazing sort of maranoia going on really because people are people are just like so hyped and excited and yeah people want to give you advice and it's usually you're not helpful or it's best just to stay in your own little zone I think and avoid all that yeah control your controllables and don't worry about what everyone else is doing and saying even like the expo I think I you know I I was just in get my number out because there was just too much too many people shouting and yeah yeah, so it can be intense and it can, yeah. affect, and it can affect you in lots of ways. Yes, I think that's what I'd say. And just enjoy it. You know, do the best that you can, and but enjoy it mostly. So there we go. You can hear in there that Tracy found some of that race to be a bit overwhelming. She obviously got through it and enjoyed the experience, but it's not one she's looking to return to. And marathons can be like that, big city marathons in particular can be a little bit overwhelming. And life can be a bit overwhelming too. And that brings us round to our last guest today, James Brewster, who found life a little bit overwhelming in the depth of winter this year, in December time, and suffered some quite acute mental health problems which she doesn't go into in any detail within this because this is about a celebration of James being back to being James again. And that celebration happened to happen on the streets of Boston or Hopkinton to Boston. And he's made of tough stuff, he's James. He's an experienced trail and ultra runner. And he's also fast. He ran 253 with a negative split. But that wasn't the point for him, as you will soon hear. Okay, so James, tell me about your race experience in Boston. How did it it go for you? 
Yeah, so I think the more I think back to my experience of the day, the more I sort of take away just how great it was. I I wasn't sort of approaching, I guess, Boston as like an A race or, yeah, you know, sort of my, my goal race for the year. I wasn't even sort of, I, I mean, I didn't even really have my heart set on, on running Boston like anytime soon. I guess having BQ'd back in October at London, I sort of uh, thought to myself that I just couldn't let the opportunity pass. And having decided to to sort of put my name in in the hat for Boston, I think back in November, um, it was, I started to sort of have some sort of second doubts, I think, in December about if I was able to go out to, to Boston and even run the race, just due to some sort of personal struggles from a, a mental health perspective. But having worked for all of that and sort of trained at the same time for Boston, I sort of decided that, yeah, the trip, the race itself was going to be like a celebration of becoming James again, working through through those mental struggles, just getting to a much more, yeah, sort of stable place. So that obviously, I think, lifted any personal pressure to, yeah. to do well and sort of meant that I think from, from the gun, like I was just out there to have fun. And because I ran for the experience, to have a good time, I think the performance sort of came from that. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a goal time in mind, but ended up running, it was, yeah, 2.53.21, which was only a couple of minutes outside of my London time, which was a PB 2.51 it was. It, it didn't feel like I was running on that pace. I felt like I was sort of, running sensibly in terms of not going out too hard but yeah to me it just felt like taking that pressure off myself to hit certain splits just meant it was just sort of ticking by quite easy and yeah it was taking care of itself it was a really sort of an amazing experience and I think a big part of that was just the route itself your own chance to, to tackle it yeah yeah exactly yeah I think I think that's it yeah, because it's, it's amazing, isn't it, that you can run a race like that feeling un, feeling without pressure, right? So feeling like you can run how you want to run, almost mm-hmm. because being there was the most important thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and during the race itself, like I was, <laughs> I was doing a bit of weaving um, from side to side, side purely just so I could high five, you know. <laughs> mm. So some of the, the spectators, yeah, the, you know, the, the kids that were lining the street. I mean, I also read someone's like, you know, sort of race report or yeah, write up from a few years ago, and like uh, they had mentioned, like you know, try and you know make conversation with with those around you, and I was doing that as well. So I was chatting to other runners. Some were chatting to me, you know, sort of like, oh, um, I've been running by you for, for a few miles. We were just making conversation. So that in itself, yeah, I think also took my mind off of, you know, the task that was in yeah. front of me in terms of getting to, to that finish line. It was, it was more of a case of just experiencing different, different things that, you know, contributed to, to the, the race itself. It's almost like being aware of what was going on around you was the was was key to you succeeding in the race whatever success looked like and it sounds like 
success for you wasn't necessarily focused on time. It was more focused on enjoying the experience and having the almost a privilege to be there. Absolutely, yeah. I, I really like that um, that point. Um, and that, that's been a big part of working through the struggles is is sort of building more of a, an external awareness of, of what's around me. And that was certainly the case during the race. I wanted to to take, you know, all the sights in, the sounds. It, you know, it's my first time actually also out, out, out there to the, going out there to the States. So, all right. yeah, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to still experience it all not not just the marathon itself as well yeah 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 so it's, it's a big event right so the whole thing the boston marathon is very aspirational for quite a lot of people in the u.s and i think as a consequence of that it carries a big party atmosphere not just on the day but in the weekend leading up to it it falling on patriots day so it's always on a monday so you've always got a saturday and a sunday to build excitement when did you when did you get there uh, so I flew out on the Thursday. Yeah, um, so you were there for a few days before. Yeah, yeah, definitely with with, with that in mind. Um, so, yeah, I wanted those those few days before it, or to be there for those few days before it, just to to soak in that build up as well. I guess try not to get too lost in it again, just because it's easy to do so, and you know, you sort of then I suppose could impact um, you know the experience you have on race day. But you know, yeah, once. Once, yeah, from from once I landed um, to, to getting into Boston, and then yeah, you know, dropped my bags off and just walked up to to Boston Street. It's hit me straight away that I was like, "Wow, this is Boston." Now yeah. I'm starting to get why it's it's so big. Yeah, and the start line special, isn't it? So being in Hopkinton, and it was a beautiful day. So you had bright sunshine, clear skies, kind of get a really visceral experience in a way. Like there's a lot to take in because I remember when I did. Yeah. It, I had a similar day. It was it was hotter, but it was blue skies and everything's sharp. Everything felt sharp in colour. So in terms of your take taking things in, it was like really powerful. And then, like you say, on the course, you go through all the little villages and towns on the way to Boston, and there's a different thing. They're all celebrating in mm. a different way, um, which makes it fun on all the way through. Yeah, no, it's it's funny you said that. Like it being quite crisp and and bright. And I think that's something I definitely noticed. Like you know, walking to the start line was just how vibrant it was. If it's, I don't know if it's the sounds or, you know, the colours mm. I was seeing. But I think you also, you also gather that from, you know, when you watch it on TV, there's just something about Hopkinton that I think is quite striking. And that's the point it actually really hit me that I was there to run the marathon. All of a sudden, sort of, you know, this announcement came on the tannoy and, you know, could we turn and look at, you know, sort of the closest American flag to us and the national anthem was then sung. And I was kind of like, wow, <laughs> this yeah. is it. Yeah, this feels awesome. Yeah, they do that so well, don't they, in the US? They really do enjoy the kind of party atmosphere, the, the patriotism, the sort of sense of occasion. I think they do it. They do it fantastically well, particularly on the start. And it's quite hard not to get drawn into it, I think. And in your case, I think it's probably a really good thing to get drawn into it because of these struggles you know it's like this is you being alive yeah definitely yeah yeah again like that that to me was the main overriding thought I tried to have on the start line was you know I've already sort of um achieved what I wanted to achieve just go out there and enjoy it I also didn't want to sort of have 
a bad race nobody wants to but I didn't feel the pressure again I think as I sort of mentioned earlier to, to go out there and, and run a, a good time you know relatively speaking I knew if I got to the finish line you know with a with a smile on my face I would have had a, a good race either way yeah yeah exactly now for you the race itself because you're an experienced trail runner and have done yeah. lots of hardcore long endurance events which i could list but i'm not going to because I can't <laughs> all, the, all the crazy things that you've done but multi-hours yeah. multi-day events all that sort of stuff so for you a sort of three-hour road race is you know mm. a piece of cake no it's not a piece of cake it never is is it because we're always challenging ourselves but for you boston the thought of it being hilly probably, yeah. probably didn't strike fear into you in the same way as it might do for others no yeah that, that's correct so yeah, I think given the majority of, you know, sort of running I, 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 I've done and, and do do, like I'm used to varied terrain and, and going up and, and downhill. I think somewhat my, my legs are used to that as well. But again, it, it's funny because with, with London, but also Boston, I sort of think to myself that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm used to, to being on my feet for, you know, for hours, even a day, a day or more. But come race day you know still on the start line it's just something about that marathon distance which still is to me quite daunting I think it's mm. even though I might be out there for for way less time I think it's just the, the distance and, and and having to sustain the effort you do or you know your marathon pace for that long but in terms of yeah in terms of the terrain again I, I felt quite comfortable with what was ahead but the more I got closer to race day the more I started reading a bit more about the hills and I started to to wonder okay what are they going to be like it sort of did turn out that they were just a different type of challenge yeah a different type of hill the only type of hill uh, you could you know you could get 20 miles into into a road marathon but having I think got through you know the, the Newton hills I thought they were going to bite a bit harder but Again, that might have been down to to the experience I've had um, in terms of, you know, sort of climbing, you know, bigger hills off road or in terms of my training, I was making sure that I was doing all the sessions I did do, um, you know, over um, on, you know, that loop in the Olympic Park by the velodrome that has down one, one straight of it, not a, a steep climb, but, you know, one that you do feel after so many reps. So I think, you know, in summary, I, I sort of, did sort of try to replicate that a bit. I can't really explain what those hills are like. And I think everyone needs to experience them at some point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I think they do. Because it's. It, I think it's one of those things where you look on, a, and I'll, I'll say this to other people too, but you look on a profile map, you go, well, they don't look too bad. And it's net downhill yep. overall. And even That's exactly what hill, I did. Yeah. Even heartbreak hill at 20 miles, you think, well, that's not that bad. It's just where it is on the on the the course as in yeah. know, 20 miles in but it's the aggregation of all of them that's the that's thing. it that's the thing that yeah. catches people out i think and the net downhill is not that helpful in that sense because it's downhill where people typically find it hard i mean I, I suspect you found it easier as you say because of your mountain experience but i think for lots of people it's the downhill that's hard because you don't tend to train that so you train the up and people yeah. work on the up but don't think about the impact of what happens as you go down which makes it particularly challenging. And like I say, it's the aggregation rather than any individual hill. Yeah, with that in mind, like that first 10K as well, like um, yeah. where it is mostly downhill, I think 
I was just letting people go past me at that point. I was just had in my mind that, okay, I might sort of see you later. And mm. that, that might have been the case. Yeah, it's so important, you know, on this course, as with any marathon. And I had it wrote on my arm, actually, from, from the days, you know, we were training or you, yeah. you were sort of coaching me to, to run Manchester. Yeah, sort of be patient. And then below that, be courageous. And so I was looking at that when the hills came. Oh, brilliant. I mean, the patience message always works for a marathon, I think, in any, in any instance, you know, hold back, hold back. Um, and we yeah. hear that a lot, but I think it's especially true in Boston because, it, it, like you say, it's downhill, first 5K, certainly maybe first 10K downhill. And the temptation yeah. is to allow gravity to push you down the hill and fly and pick up some pace. But That's it. You, you soon run into trouble and it soon starts to really hurt the quads um, <laughs> a, bit, a bit later into the race and you can't take that into account. So I think you, with Boston, we have to conserve, use those hills early on to conserve energy, not to pick up pace and use yeah. it later but yeah that was a smart smart thing to do did you what were your splits like where did what did you get halfway in yeah no good question i was in terms of my splits i approached the race and i think i i followed something you wrote about in a, an old blog post um about having total time or lap time and average lap pace on my watch and then i yeah. was lapping every 30 minutes and it worked out that the fifth you know the fifth chunk of 30 minutes was my quickest split Wow, so yeah. and that included most of those hills. So I really let rip um, there, and then did feel like I was holding on a bit <laughs> to get to Boston Street. But um, no, in, in terms of like getting to halfway, I think I did that in one twenty-seven oh five. Okay, so you ran a negative split. Yeah, and then yeah, came home in one twenty-six sixteen. So yeah, Amazing. I I didn't immediately sort of know that i was just yeah sat having a beer afterwards and i was like noticed you know the the increase i had in that fifth sort of uh, split of the 30 minutes and i was like surely there's a negative split in there so googled you know a time calculator <laughs> put the mm. put the numbers in there and yeah it, it came out that yeah neg- negative split at boston and i was couldn't believe it um, yeah that that is amazing because I, I i was telling someone about that this morning actually that i think that generally speaking for london let's say people tend to run the average is something like a four to five percent positive split for boston i'd hate i'd love to know what it was you know it'd be significantly more than that i should think so to run a negative split first time having done boston i think is a brilliant performance that smile across the finish line that you were looking for you must have felt good yeah that i think that is something that will stay with me for quite some time it's just that experience of turning the corner onto Boston Street and obviously from there I think it's 400 meters and the finish line doesn't really feel like it's getting any closer but you do make your way there I think one of the things I you know do remember is just the noise it was like incredible coming at you from both sides of the street but yeah that that finish line is truly special I think it's obviously painted onto the road and so in the days leading up to it everyone is swarming the finish line for photos Quite a lot of people crossed the finish line as well before the race, which is something I didn't do. I only wanted to cross it after getting there, um, having run the 26 miles from Hop- Hopkinton. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. Earn it. Earn that finish. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely. But no, I can remember like get, getting really close. I was like, right, need to, to lift my arms up, like enjoy this. And my arms just felt so heavy, <laughs> which was, which was uh, quite funny. But yeah, cross the line, you know, stop my watch put my hands on my knees and then I think I just turned back just to 
to watch other people finish and just take that in and then as you do like you, you sort of make your way through um grab your foil blanket you know grab your bag and then hits home a bit like you've done it you look at that medal around your neck with the unicorn mm. on it and you're like i've got one <laughs> yeah well, and it's pretty cool it's really cool and you nailed the race as well that's the, that's the other thing and from you for the journey that you've been on i think it's an amazing story so you go from difficult times before christmas wasn't it it's december time so some difficult personal times you come through yeah. a difficult difficult winter into the spring sunshine hopkinton running a really good race cr- crossing that finishing line in good spirits it hits you in waves these things doesn't it but there's i can imagine how it might hit you as wow this is like a not a transformation but a I don't know, you said it before, a realisation that you've got some stability and more than that, actually, you're capable of amazing things. Yeah, no, that is it. I think that is my main takeaway, you know, from, from the Boston Marathon it is that the, the race itself was, again, like a celebration of becoming, you know, sort of stronger again, for sure. With that in mind, I think it's kind of nice, I think, how for, for different people, Boston means different things. And I think, that for me was was sort of um my my experience my my aim was to to use the race the week as a as a celebration of working through some more sort of personal struggles and it might be you know i go back and, and sort of make an effort to to sort of run i don't know a, a faster time on that course purely from a a running performance perspective um but you know i'm i'm definitely sort of proud of the race i ran and the trip I made for sure and it's just something I want other people to experience <laughs> so <laughs> yeah um, but I mean it is brilliant and what I really like about it is this sense that for you now you'll always have that memory right so that's the key thing about when we run marathons is once it's done no matter what the performance yeah. level is or what the experience is like nobody can ever take it away from you and you've now run in a Boston negative split in amazing conditions off the back of some difficult times for you and I'm thinking if I were you, I'd be going, right, that medal means something more than any other medal in lots of ways. Yeah. You know, hang, hang in a place that's prominent as a reminder to yourself as to how you can how you can overcome troubles, how you can overcome difficulties, whatever it is. You are you are you are resilient, basically. You are a resilient, <laughs> resilient man to get through what you yeah. got through and nail that. Yeah, no, yeah. Appreciate it. And yeah, that medal is is next to me at the moment. It's on my desk where I where I work when I'm at home and yeah I mean <laughs> I put it next to sort of my London and Berlin medals but yeah I think it's one to look at and again it means so much more than you know the marathon itself I guess yeah that unicorn yeah is a symbol of those things you've just mentioned there and you know some people you know straight away put their medals in a box out of the way but no I think this is a good one just to to have close to me just to remind me of the fact that yeah I can I can sort of get through some tough moments but also yeah complete some you know sort of challenging races and and come out stronger you know out the other side of them for sure yeah great that's fantastic well we'll um we'll leave interview stuff there that's really cool all right go and have a great day and weekend and I'll speak to you soon yeah we'll do yeah speak soon Steve so there we go Boston for James was a celebration but in a different way from the others and everyone has a unique experience when it comes to a marathon and when it comes to life and I'm so pleased for James that he was able to 
enjoy running Boston in the way that he did and was so thoughtful about it afterwards. And that's the thing with Boston, it is different, it is unique. It's a celebration and it's a party. We heard how crazy the Americans go for it. The Bostonians come out in their numbers to celebrate it. But we also heard it's really important to take it seriously. Pace it properly, pace it well. Not necessarily so you can run fast, or that might, that might be the case. So that you can enjoy the experience and so that you can have those memories that no one will ever take away from you. And remember, that amazing insight. Don't go past anyone in the first five to 10K. You do that and you'll enjoy the experience and have that day that no one will ever be able to erase. Amazing. Thanks for bearing with me and for listening to the guests. I hope that was useful, interesting, maybe a bit inspiring and a good one to return to next spring when you're thinking about the Boston Marathon. But for now, I'm going to leave you and I'm going to look forward to speaking to you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.